0: Welcome to The Vault. Tune in every week to unlock
1: the marketing secrets of some of the fastest growing businesses. You'll hear practical tips, strategies, and case studies that will help you build incredible marketing campaigns for your business. And now,
0: here's your host, Stacey Keo. Welcome to Season 2 of The Vault Podcast. I'm really excited to share this episode with you. I'm interviewing the amazing Sebastian Bates, who shares some really cool insights into how he creates a steady flow of inbound leads into his thriving business. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about a workshop that I'm running in January 2019. It is our content creation Kickstarter taking place in London on the 25th of January. If you would like to create a content marketing strategy... Learn how to improve engagement levels on your social media and actually start creating great content. Then this workshop is not to be missed. It's a super fun one day event. We've got a photographer and a videographer there who will be helping to capture and create content ready for you to share with your audience. You'll have no more excuses for not producing content following this event. You'll walk away with video content ready to post, editorial photos ready to use in your marketing and a content strategy in place ready to roll out. Check out the show notes for more info. On today's episode, I'm introducing Sebastian Bates, published author, founder, and head instructor of the Warrior Academy. He transforms children's lives with his unique approach to education, where he focuses on the development of character through martial arts. Working with over 100 schools in England, the Warrior Academy consists of 45 clubs and over 1,000 students go through their programs each year. From working with and interviewing thousands of parents, Seb has identified the biggest problems parents face in raising their children and has developed a four-step character development program that has incredible success in solving these problems. His big vision is for students to develop a black belt character so that they feel more courageous, confident, and focused. Seb's objective is to enable them to live a compelling life outside of the dojo and go on to be the leaders in their community, solving big problems in the world. Some key areas we delve into throughout this interview is just how well Seb understands his audience. He goes above and beyond to dig deep and finds ways he can relate to both his students and their parents, which has led to him developing a killer marketing strategy. He also covers some awesome tips creating Facebook ads things that have really worked well in his business, so I really can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Without further ado, let's open up The Vault and learn from the incredible Sebastian Bates. Hello and welcome to The Vault Podcast, Seb.
1: Hello, Stacey. How's it going?
0: I'm really excited about our chat today, actually, because I think you've got a lot of insight uh, into different forms of marketing that really work well for your business. But before we get started, I would love you to begin by just telling us a little bit about yourself, your background, and really how you started your business.
1: I grew up in the southwest of England. I was in a uh, military family, so we kind of moved around a lot. Uh, started martial arts when I was about six years old, and pretty much as soon as I started, I started seeing the benefits there. So you know, I could see my confidence improving. And it was really helping me overcome bullying at the time, which I was experiencing from changing schools a lot, um, and just being part of that amazing sort of black belt community. So I studied taekwondo for about 13 years. Um, and when I was a teenager, I started kind of cross-training in different arts, like boxing and Thai boxing uh, and even kung fu. And then when I was 18, I moved to Denmark to work as a chef. until so I got a place at university there to study architecture.
0: Brilliant.
1: Yeah, and so um, quite different to what I'm doing now. So I studied architecture there for just over a year. It was studying from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., And then the only sort of job I could pick up over there with some sort of broken Danish was um, washing dishes in a beef house. So I was doing that sort of five hours every day after studying. It was all pretty tiring. Yeah. And I remember, you know, thinking, I don't really want to do this for sort of five to seven years. And I remember asking my professor at the time where I'd be in 20 years. And she just was really uninspiring. (laughs) She just said, you know, she said something which didn't really excite me. And all I wanted at that time was just adventure.
0: Yeah. Gosh, that must have been disappointing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I um, I think that night I just bought a one way ticket to India and, you know, started traveling around India within a month.
0: Wow. So what just left, left study, left university?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty spontaneous. I think when I, as soon as I realize I'm not into something, you know, I've, I've always kind of said to myself, if I'm not passionate about it i trying to kind of change course very quickly. Yeah. You
0: know? Cool. So I went to India.
1: I went to India, yeah. Traveled around India on a really budget trip, which was quite exciting. Lots of stories from there. Uh, then went to Southeast Asia, did a lot of Southeast Asia. Ended up in a Thai boxing camp in the north uh, where I did a lot of training over there. And that was sort of six to eight hours training every day, which was amazing. Uh, and then went down to the south, uh, did a lot of uh, training in a Thai boxing camp down there as well. And that's when it kind of clicked to me that I wanted to do something quite active as a job or as a business or whatever. And as I was sort of traveling, I kind of had this entrepreneurial spirit where I was, you know, picking up work wherever I went and trying to pick up ways to to make money to help me sort of fund my travels. Yeah. So, yeah, I can certainly trace back what I do to then for sure. I learned a lot from traveling, a lot from traveling really did. But, yeah, no, I I pretty much while I was abroad decided to be a personal trainer. So I came back home, did a uh, six week full time course over here, became a qualified personal trainer. And then my first kind of gig as a personal trainer was to run a Thai boxing class, and so I was you know paid per hour to run this Thai boxing class in Bath, and that was going great. I really enjoyed that. And alongside that, I started to create our first children's martial arts club, and that was in January 2011. So that was pretty much the start of the Warrior Academy, and that was you know in a, in a small school. There was less than 100 students. Um, in the countryside here in Somerset, and then since then, you know, it's been something we've been focusing on. We've we've seen how much of an impact it can make by teaching children martial arts. Certainly, from my background as well. So yeah, I can't for sure, focus on that. You know,
0: so for you, it sounds sort of like you've travelled around, you've done that as a job, you've enjoyed it, you've gotten into the um, PT, Um, obviously enjoyed working with people, and then this starting the martial arts or the Warrior Academy, which is your business off the back of that. Was that the plan or did that sort of happen accidentally? How did how did that get going?
1: I, th- I think, to be honest, it happened accidentally. I'm, I'm, a, I'm the sort of person who always has plans, but I'm really spontaneous. So in, in the moment, anything can change, which I quite like, you know, sometimes knowing exactly what you're going to do, it's a bit less exciting. But no, so I, I mean, as soon as I started seeing it working, then I started to tweak things to make it work, you know, and to follow that. But it, it was never the plan to come back to England to start a martial arts business. It was just to, you know, become a personal trainer and to, grow with an active job, basically.
0: When did you name it, the Warrior Academy?
1: So I started the adult club in in Bath. That was called Warrior Thai Boxing. And then, you know, I wanted to kind of encompass a lot of of different martial arts. So I thought academy would be good. Plus, I wanted to kind of put across that way. It's more than just martial arts. You know, it's more of an education for life. And so, you know, the development of character, which is a big part of what we do. And I think you know, Warrior Academy kind of says that.
0: Yeah, I'm just, I guess the reason I asked the question is I'm wondering if sometimes when you name something, it becomes real and that's when you start to think of it more like a business. So I was just, I was just curious really. Okay. So you've started Warrior Academy, you've started delivering martial arts to young people, to to children in your local area. Talk to me about the process, because as you've mentioned there, it's more than just martial arts. It's much more of in education, I think you just said for life, but talk to me about some of your processes and I guess methodology around what it is that you do.
1: Well, the Warrior Academy, we are obviously a martial arts organisation based in the UK um, and our goal is to transform young lives through the development of character. Um, so what we do when a new student joins in, we um, we look for their breakthrough areas and for us that's you know an area we can sort of focus on to make the biggest uh, impact in the shortest amount of time. Um, so we've broken that down to our three C's, which is confidence, conduct and concentration. And we found that students typically have one of three or two of three, but rarely all three. Um, so what we try and do is try and bring you know, the students to a point where they've got all three. And that um, solution there is the black belt character.
0: Why do they not have all three? What do you think is the, where does that come from? Is it just that as young people that they haven't quite developed as an adult, for example, you may have developed all of those characteristics, but is it for children perhaps that they haven't developed those yet? Or what might be some of the reasons behind them not having obtained those three Cs? What were they again? Sorry, explain them.
1: So that's um, confidence, conduct and concentration. And I think um, I think it's really a mixture of things. You know, there's, there's nature and nurture. There's, you know, the, the this concept that we're in schools which don't really necessarily nowadays have the time to give such a personal education, which is exactly the route we want to go down. So we've got quite a thorough enrolment process for new students where we really we really kind of try and get to know them and their parents, understand the situation. And in the first few weeks, that's when we really analyze students and figure out, you know, where we can, you know, make the biggest impact. It's different for each child, you know, but it is sort of narrowed down to those three if we're going to be broad, you know, with it.
0: That's great. So for you, you touched a little bit in your introduction there about sort of your background and how you first got exposed to martial arts and that sort of being from being a little bit bullied at school and that was sort of where you found your, well, safe place maybe isn't the right word, but just sort of where you felt comfortable and that sort of allowed you to build that confidence as an individual. So is that sort of where your passion comes from? Is it more that you can see sort of what it did for you and now you're able to translate that into other
1: children? Yeah, I mean, um, I think when it comes to Bullying, it's got this real power to kind of make or break a young person's character. I mean, part of our process to get to know our clients and our members is we interviewed about 1500 parents. And what we discovered was that, you know, we're more likely to be bullied. Our children are more more likely to be bullied now than they are not to be bullied. And so there's this reality that, you know, so many people are being bullied out there. And yet I know from my experience that it can be such a, a make or break part of our development as we grow up. If you if you look at someone who's being bullied, it can really kind of crush their self-esteem. And you know, they can have a really sort of false image of themselves. And you you look at other people who have they, you know, they've used that bullying experience as a chance to sort of overcome bullying. And their character is completely transformed because of that. You know, they are the way they walk, the way they talk, their body language, you know, they're just way more confident. And I think if you can um, you know go through something which most of us are likely at a young age to have gone through but overcome it and have the support network there to help you overcome it, then, you know, you're opening up the door to so much more opportunity in life just because your character is being formed from that, you know, as as a positive experience or at least overcoming it as a positive experience.
0: Yeah, so I think what I'm kind of hearing a lot of of what you're saying is that you've really put the work into interview 1,500 parents to understand what it is that they are concerned about with their own children or maybe some of the problems that their kids are actually having, that you've identified these three areas that they're concerned about. And then you've sort of built that into your offering or how you deliver your business, which is obviously through martial arts. So talk to me about how you, let's transition this, I guess, a little bit into marketing. So you've got those three key areas that you focus on. It's conduct, confidence, and I'm sorry, say the first, the third Concentration. Concentration, right. So it's focus and all that kind of thing. Presumably, I'm thinking you're not going out and saying, do your kids suffer from these three problems? But it might just be honing in on, you know, do they lack confidence or do they need help with their behavior or how are you sort of breaking down the way that you're positioning that and marketing it to your demographic, which was obviously the parents?
1: So, yeah, the the first thing I say is um, you touched on how I sort of interviewed or how we interviewed um, all these parents. And I think, um, you know, we had a lot of surveys go out. So we had a huge emphasis on surveys in 2017 and we really sort of gathered as much information as possible. You know, from our members, past and present, and that gave us you know an incredible insight into into what our what our parents, you know, our members' biggest problems were, and it just it was just blatantly obvious to us that it was these three. And so, um, from the back of that, I started to create scorecards. So we have a you know a list of twenty questions or whatever, and um, for each C, and then really we can give our customers or our members a score on each of the C, or each of the Cs. And that again gives us an even better insight. So what we often do is, we'll have adverts go out there like, "Does your child suffer from poor concentration? If so, fill in this form." It could, you know, a parent can then get a, a a relatively accurate reading of how their child compares to another child uh, when it comes to concentration. You know, what we what we tend to do is, you know, give um, anyone does that a gift in the form of an ebook where we try and provide them with valuable information. As in, we're not trying to sell anything, but we're just saying, you know, here are some tips you can use at home in the form of an ebook or whatever, at home to improve concentration. And I think that's quite useful, or I hope it's quite useful. Uh, we certainly had a good a good sort of intake from that. Um, we do that with all the Cs, so the same for conduct, the same for confidence and concentration.
0: Yeah, so narrowing down into each of what those problems are. The reason that I, I wanted to highlight that was I think it's a really smart approach to marketing because, for example, had you run an advert or run some kind of marketing material that says, do you have these three problems, you know, confidence, conduct, and, you know, just approaching all three problems at once. Parents are going to say, oh, maybe that one, but no, not these. So not relevant for me. Whereas if you're putting out one issue at a time, they're either going to relate to it or they're not, right? So they're either going to say, yeah, my kid does need help with their confidence, or actually, yes, their behavior is a bit of an issue, or actually they do lack a little bit of focus and, and need help with That sort of area of themselves. So rather than sort of bombarding them, asking three questions, because presumably parents don't like to necessarily accept that you know their kid may be struggling or need help with something, or um, whether that's through their own uh, again insecurity might not be the right word, but as a little insensitive, but
1: I I think I think you just got to be super careful how you approach anything where you're giving a score to anyone especially when it's someone's children children totally yeah you've got to. you've just got to be really sensitive to the fact that you know this might be something a parent's really struggling with
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess that's what I'm kind of get at because you don't want to say like, here are the three areas like fill this in. Oh, your t- your child is terrible at this. They're terrible at that. They're also terrible at this. Like that obviously wouldn't be super motivating. So I guess the way that you've set it up is just, it, it just makes so much sense to me, you know, to try to identify here as the area that they're potentially struggling in. And then also just to deliver value like that at the end too by offering an ebook to say you know here is a solution to that problem for you that you can work through this and see how that works with really no upsell you know th- at that point for you there's really no come and do business with us it's very much just like let us help you
1: oh totally yeah and i mean you know it, it's 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 putting us as the kind of the the, the authority in the field of helping a child overcome you know, obstacles or develop one of those three C's. You know, and and so that's kind of the positioning we wanted to have.
0: Yeah, I love that. Let's continue with that pipeline, I suppose. So I've seen an advert. I think you're using Facebook adverts for your advertising. Is that right?
1: Yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: So you're doing some kind of behavioural targeting or something along those lines to obviously get in front of the right demographic. Yeah. They are. We we'll may come revisit that in a second, but so then they're going online, they're taking this test or scorecard to figure out, you know, what are the areas that they need support with. They then received this ebook from you, which obviously helps them to understand a little bit more about what's happening um, or things that they could be doing. And then what happens next?
1: So I mean, you're looking at it from a marketing perspective, I would say that this is a, a classic example of collecting a signal. So, you know, we've had someone show interest in what we're doing. It may be filling in a scorecard, it may be downloading an ebook, or it may just be watching ten seconds of a video and then from that, what we tend to do is we tend to create our own market, our own audience from that and we we then um target videos, a selection of you know five to ten videos, which again just add value and the idea of this is it 's not pitching it's just warming up people to the to the concept of who we are and you know and um, getting to know us better, developing trust and I think one of the one of the biggest mistakes I made was you know, we would be spending our advertising budget flying through it, just pitching, pitching, pitching to a cold audience. That's difficult for everyone involved. It's uncomfortable for the customer. It's uncomfortable for you. And it's, you know, if you've got someone trying to speak on the phone to the customer, then again, it's a bit like cold calling and, and no one wants to do that. So, you know, for us, it's it's totally changed now. We, we only speak to customers who, you know, they have been through this process where they've seen so much of us. They have reached out to us. That's totally transformed everything we do.
0: I think that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's very much the nurturing phase of a marketing pipeline. And I think it's awesome that you've just said that because there are so many businesses out there that put something out in front of people, collect data. So they've seen that signal, you know, you've handed over your name and your email address or phone number to download something. And then they go straight in with a pitch. And it's just such a quick way to fail. I think. At marketing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I but love I, but I,
1: I totally get why a business would do that because it's, it's scary to, to think you know I'm, I'm not i'm not going to try and sell instead i'm just going to try and show everyone some nice videos yeah sure. <laughs> do you know what i mean and uh, especially when you've got you've got you know targets to hit and stuff and you've, you've just got to be brave enough just to take take a step back and just try and give value and i think um i think people do that they'll be quite surprised with the result they get but it's it's got to be measured you've got to warm up the audience for you know for a long amount of time and yeah that is definitely something that's transformed what we do
0: yeah, so it's interesting to say that, that you know, because you've transitioned from that, haven't you, where you, you were spending your budget on advertising and trying to pitch at people. And now you've allocated a certain amount of your budget to be able mm-hmm. to nurture them.
1: To look back at it all.
0: Yeah, but it's a learning experience, isn't it? And I think yeah, that's no, a,
1: absolutely yeah. I think-
0: you have to do it, and until you know, you don't know, you know. <laughs> so it's yeah. just one of those things that you really just have to test out. Or be listening to awesome people like you on a podcast and um, <laughs> use their experience to you know help overcome that. But I think really interesting point that you just made there, which is. Lots of businesses are nervous about that. They do think, oh, you know what? I've got a really limited marketing budget. If I'm going to be spending money on ads, whether it's Google ads, Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, whatever it is that's, that's suitable for that business, to think that you're going to, I guess some people might view it like waste it on just getting attention is a scary thing. You know, I don't think it's that easy for businesses to be patient and wait for customers to kind of naturally work through that pipeline. So the other thing that you mentioned there was, um, so obviously you've you've captured their their data through downloading, you know, completing your scorecard. They've downloaded the ebook. You said you set up audiences. So I assume that's custom audiences. So you're retargeting basically via Facebook, and you're showing them a series of, do you say, eight to ten videos?
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, I mean, initially when we first create an audience, it'll be pretty targeted already, you know, from interest, gender, age, location, all that sort of stuff, and then. And then yeah, we just we just keep targeting. We kind of narrow it down, narrow it down, narrow it down, you know, until we've got a really small group that we are, you know, showing eight to ten videos to. Um, and then we switch from looking for 10-second views to sort of two second views. And at that stage, it's just about brand awareness. I think, you know, we know we know they're interested in the sort of thing that we're that we're doing. And now it's just kind of nurturing
0: that. Yeah. So to explain that a little bit more for our listeners. So you, what you're suggesting there is that you're displaying these videos to them. If for example, they're watching past, let's say the 10 second mark on the video, you're then retargeting them with another ad, which is probably another video of some sort, but you know that that's an audience that's very interested in what you have to offer because they've watched at least the first 10 seconds. Whereas for example, if someone has dropped off in those first 10 seconds of the video that you're not really worrying about retargeting them because you haven't captured their attention. Is that?
1: Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that, you know, and then, and then it's, uh, you know, two weeks or so or 10 days, depending on how, you know, your, your sort of intake sales cycle is like, I mean, for us, we only accept new students four times a year, which is again, is another big change we've had in the last year. Um, And so it's quite easy for us to plan quarterly, you know, for this sort of advertising cycle. So we've got this signal collecting cycle followed by, you know, the phase where we warm up the leads and then it's into a conversion advert.
0: Tell me about that change. So you've gone from taking students in at any time of year right through to just doing it at these four different intakes. What, I guess, what motivated you to do that and how have you seen an impact on your business?
1: Um, So, I mean, we, we went from you could bring your child along on the day and have a whole month free to, you know, having a waiting list three months long. And, you know, we've, we've, we've we really try to make our trials quite exclusive. So they've gone from free to about 70 pounds. Again, I think that's excellent value because there's two months of training there. There's on, there's online training for two months. There's a uniform bolt and then there's, you know, loads of surprises, which we do. We try and implement lots of sort of customer surprises on the way. And so, yeah, but's we've a uh, four intakes a year. And these intakes, they last about two to three weeks. And instead of just having people rock up, they have to have an interview with us. So we interview parents for 20 to 30 minutes. And then if we can, we have a private class with them, with the instructor before they even come to class. And I think that is when we really get to grips with the sort of breakthrough areas. And, you know, while it it means that instead of having our classes filled up straight away... What we do is we deliver a a super high-quality class, which is really sort of tailored to the individual. And that's been our goal in the last year, you know, to personalise everything. And it's something I, you know, from our interviews with parents, um, you know, the 1,500 interviews we held in 2017, something we discovered from, you know, reading that and reading more and more of the information there was just that parents kind of feel disconnected from the school. Um, They don't feel they've got that personal education with the schools anymore. Um, You know, teachers are so overworked, so busy, They've kind of lost touch a bit with the parents, and so that's something we wanted to be our kind of USP. And so yeah, that's why we spend all this time, you know, getting to know parents, getting to know the students before they even come to class.
0: Yeah, I think it's so great. It's just value, isn't it? Like, how could a parent not want to continue sending their kid to uh, an extracurricular activity like that, where they they get so much care and and actually beyond that, it's not about it's not about taking care of their kids, but it's more about educating them and then also helping them to develop as people really
1: absolutely and I think the scary thing there for a business is that you've got to turn people away and that is something which was completely foreign to me this concept of saying no to a customer just because you don't think they fit with what you're doing which is which is just like you know (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, when you first start a business, you just think you'll take anybody that will come to you, Very not just your business, but I think all business owners think that, you know, they just think, well, yeah, if, the, if somebody wants to hire me, I'm going to say yes. So how do you make the decision to say, actually, no, this is the criteria of the type of demographic that we want in the business, the type of customer that we want, or in your, in your case, it's obviously families, like parents and children. How do you make that decision? Have the confidence, I guess, to make that decision?
1: So the, the way I kind of had the confidence to make the decision was, I think one of the reasons people don't do it is because they're scared of not hitting targets. You know, they, they change, they change something up. They're worried they're not going to hit a target. So what the first thing I do is I, you know, chop my forecast in half. So my expectations are really narrowed down, really chopped away a bit. And then, um, you know, I, um, you just you just kind of have to really believe that by you know making yourself this exclusive organization you're not going to have um, people just rocking up but you can have people who are involved who really want to be there really want to work with you and actually for, you know as a team of instructors that's so much more fun to do um but certainly from business perspective that kind of psychology of you know you're experimenting so just like when you're experimenting with a brand new um, bit of advertising or whatever and you're, you're making some big changes you know you've got to kind of lower your expectations so that you're not feeling so much stress that is overwhelming
0: okay and what about any other leads into the business so how else might people come across your business or any other kind of marketing techniques that you're using
1: i mean our biggest focus is on facebook that's where we pretty much spend our whole budget in terms of uh, marketing and you know developing relationships uh, we also use google adwords but again in terms of google adwords i'll um i'll only use those towards the conversion side of our cycle so that's you know only only four months a year where i'll be using those so that's kind of how we do that. We try now and again to um, get published in magazines or, um, you know, features and stuff like that locally. But again, it, it just doesn't, it hasn't had the same result as online. It really hasn't. So, I mean, that again, is just an experimental part. I kind of keep about 10% of our marketing budget to experimenting.
0: One thing I've witnessed, sorry to jump in there and just steal your limelight. But um, <laughs> <laughs> one thing I have seen you do uh, is, utilize ambassadors or having people help to having some of your existing happy customers help to market for your business. So talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, so I kind of made the decision eight months ago to partner with our customers. And, you know, it's just come from a place of seeing so many people so interested and keen to work with us and, and um, to send their children to our clubs and really wanted to lean in. And, you know, offer to help out at events, all this sort of stuff. So we decided to create an ambassadors group where we had about 14 parents from our clubs who, you know, are part of this online Facebook group where we share all the social media kind of posts that we do and also, you know, come up with ideas of how to spread the word. So we've had some amazing parents, you know, not talk to me, but talk to our admin team to speak to the designer, to create flyers, to give out in schools. And we've had all sorts going on from parents helping at demonstrations and even getting us into magazines. And it's, it's, been, it's been amazing. One of the, one of the biggest things I found, um, which isn't so much to do about lead generation, but it's improved the customer experience you know, and the experience our members have is that having ambassadors with us has, you know, tripled our, our team. I mean, one of, the, one of the things we really struggled with was developing an, an awesome team that can do all the things we need them to do. I mean, we ask way more from our instructors than you would a normal martial arts class. Uh, you know, we're not just teaching martial arts, we're educating a young person and giving them life skills and really working on their breakthrough areas to develop a black belt character. So we need awesome people to do that. And that's not easy to find. So when we um, run big events and stuff, I mean, we, we teach about a thousand students a year. So when we run a, a competition, we've got about, you know, 200 people rocking up and we we can't run that as a team of five. So our last competition, we had about 10 ambassadors uh, volunteer to help. And so they're, they're there in their Warrior Academy T-shirts and, um, you know, they're, they're helping us judge, they're helping take time, um, running the shop, running the cafe, giving out T-shirts, all this sort of stuff, which has been absolutely amazing and, and just transformed our organization, you know, we're, we're partnering with our members um, so that we can improve the experience for all the other members.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: how
0: how what do you th- What's the motivator? Like, why why do people like to become those ambassadors? What's the motivation for them?
1: I think when parents um, see their child really enjoy doing something, they, they want to be a part of it more. And I think we've really focused on community. I mean, it's step one of our method is community. And um, so we put a big emphasis on developing that. So yeah, I, th- I think that comes across, and you know, I've, I've really merged my sort of personal life with business life, and it's just 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 one person. This is just me. This is just this is just what I do. This is this is who I am, and I'm really transparent with that.
0: So I guess for the parents, for them, it's sort of that it is that community aspect of it. It's potentially quite a social activity for them too, even though it is something they're doing with their children. They have that ability to be able to connect with other parents that are doing something similar, um, which you know, I don't know, making friends and things like that. Like as adults, it's quite difficult to make friends as adults, I think, actually. So I can imagine that that's a draw.
1: When you've got kids, I think it's even harder because then, you know, you're, you're just at home, you know, a lot of the time looking after kids and it's and it's uh, it's not easy to, to socialise as often as you maybe previously were. But I think um, we're quite a uh, good, fun team. Do you know what I mean? We, we have so much fun doing what we do. We love what we do. You know, our team of instructors, we kind of live and breathe martial arts, but we're kind of a young, vibrant team. So, yeah. Um, you know, we we had at these events. We're laughing the whole time. We're having good fun. I mean, we just ran our first annual retreat or camp for our ambassadors, and so it was our sort of instructors and ambassadors all coming together. And you know, we were sort of sleeping rough in the woods with loads of team building events and all that sort of like cooking together, building shelters. It was it was amazing. You That's know, so and I think fun. it's all part of that kind of community, bringing everyone together. And um, you know, there's just such a good vibe with our with our um, ambassadors and our instructors and. You know, that, I, th- I think when you when you look after your team, all the, all, of the, all of our members are getting looked after because of that, because everyone's in a happy place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It just makes so much sense as well to be able to give them that, well, to create those bonds, I think not only with your own team, but then also with those ambassadors, how are they not, they're not going to not want to share that information with their friends and family and people that they know, you know, they want to share that experience that they went out and camped in the woods and this is what they did. And then their friends will ask them, you know, why are you doing that? And then they talk to them a little bit about your business. So it's just, making people feel passionate about what it is that you do as a business. And actually that, that ends up resulting in positive things all around, whether that's just culturally, but then also, you know, potential lead generator too.
1: Absolutely. I think that kind of philosophy of you can spend, you know, thousands of pounds every month on marketing to get new customers, or you can spend thousands of pounds a month just making your members, your customers as happy as possible. And I think, you know, we've we've really taken on that philosophy so that we can bring everyone together as a community, but also make that experience really amazing, you know, and uh, go above and beyond what we've promised. That's kind of our goal. So, so yeah, I, th- I think using that philosophy is a great way for retention as well, you know, and you've got to look at it like, yes, you need, you know, to grow, but you also need that retention. And sometimes word of mouth just from looking after your members or your customers or whatever is, is stronger than, than a Facebook ad, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. So also you mentioned there that you've started, well, as you've sort of evolved this business that you've started to really integrate it or it becomes your entire life, you know? So how have you found, I guess, integrating your personal brand in with a business brand? Is that something that you do? Do you enjoy that aspect of it? Were there any fears around it? So Tell us a bit about that.
1: I mean, if if you're combining your personal life with your work or business life, you know, you've got to be quite careful. Um, I think, I think the sort of fears you'd you'd experience are, you know, what are people going to think of this or that or, but I think at the end of the day, we're all human. And I think, you know, I I kind of live and breathe what I, what I teach and I kind of, uh, you know, walk the talk, what I do. And I think it's actually, you know, I want people to have that insight into my life. You know, having that transparency is, is a good thing for me. I think that comes across a lot. In uh in, in the way we kind of do things. But um but yeah.
0: Because mm, you do, you're starting to share a little bit more about your personal life too, and, um, walking through your own personal experiences to why you started the business. So yeah, it's, it's good to hear because I think there are a lot of people who do get a bit nervous about that and, or, or overthink it perhaps is a better way of explaining it, overthinking what you should be sharing and shouldn't be sharing. And I guess, like you said, if you are living and breathing what you do, <laughs> then there isn't really much to hide because, you know, it's, it's just a truthful kind of representation representation of yourself
1: yeah I mean if, if you've got something to hide don't do it obviously but then why are you in business in the first place and I yeah, mean if, right. if, it's <laughs> if it's something you're passionate about and you know you just you know you practice what you preach then by all means your customers are gonna they're gonna want to see that I mean why wouldn't they I mean I think when, you, when you're when you're leading an organization especially nowadays people want an insight into your life the biggest brands they've got the you know they've got so much trust from their customers because they're so transparent.
0: Well, I really appreciate you kind of walking us through, I guess, your entire pipeline so we can see how it is that you have built a marketing strategy and what it is that you actually do to implement it. One of my key takeaways really from that has just been understanding your audience so well. So I think by doing that research and really just understanding who is your customer, how are you going to get in front of them? What are some of the things that you can create to attract them into your business? And in your case, it's obviously establishing those three areas that they're really struggling with that you can actually help to solve and producing content to really attract them into your business. You're not having to do as much As much direct selling, really, it's just kind of attracting the right audience into what you're doing. So I thought that was awesome insight that you've shared with us there. Um, Anything final that you'd like to add for us, or is there at least let us know how we can connect with you?
1: I mean, all I say is, you know, like like you said, connecting, connecting with your customers, learning more about them, really trying to get down to, to what it is that you can help your customer with, what problems can you solve for them a lot of beginners, I think they're not, they're not putting enough of budget onto their marketing. You know, they're they're just, they're just not putting enough there to help them grow. And you know, what what I've seen a lot of people do, um, even experienced, you know, business owners, they're not, they're not leveraging time enough, you know, so they're not, they're not delegating, they're not building a team. And I mean, really at this stage, what you want to do, I think is find, find a professional who you can really sort of help you expand online. And I think, um, I think by doing that, you know, you're going to get a better chance to, to develop in the in the business areas where you know you're best at. I think one of the one of the new sort of lead generation sort of products that I've now created is I've just published a book called The Warrior Method. It's basically a chance for me to give back to martial arts. I've I've always been so passionate about martial arts and it's impacted my own life and I've seen it impact thousands of students' lives. And you know it's such a powerful tool for parents, you know, to develop the you know the character of their children. So yeah, it's something I can I can help encourage parents to uh, sort of lean into. But um, you know, in in the book there's our four step warrior method, as well as loads of sort of personal stories about my background in martial arts. So um, it's great. So yeah, that, that's our new sort of um, product for our customers, which you know all of our members I hope will have a copy, who uh, and you know they can pass it on to their friends as well. And it's um. You know, it should be a really exciting year.
0: Really, really exciting. And that's a really great resource for them to understand a little bit more about you. And likewise, I would encourage anybody that's listening that wants to understand a little bit more about that process to, to get on Amazon and order a copy of that book for sure. Um, So Seb, how other than ordering the book ourselves, how can we reach out to you? Is there a way that we can connect with you via social media?
1: You can find me on uh, Facebook, Sebastian Bates. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, again, Sebastian Bates. I think it's Sebastian Seb Bates. And yeah, my email address, um, I think you guys can add on the description here, no problem.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll add it to the show notes, all your contact information. Um, Well, thank you, Seb. I really appreciate your time and thank you for sharing your entire journey and everything that you're doing in your business because it really is helpful for small business owners to get some insight into what other real small business owners are doing to generate leads. So thank you so much. I really value your time.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks everyone for tuning into this episode. Here are my top Three attention grabbers. Attention grabber number one, survey your customers. It gives you really incredible insights into their problems. And it means that you can create content that speaks to them, that they want to connect with. One thing that I love that Seb had spoken about is by giving gifts. So he surveyed his customers. He's then created adverts on Facebook, put them in front of his ideal prospects those particular subjects that he's spoken about have really reached out to them, really connected with them. And then he's offering a free gift. So the, the example he gave us was the ebook. So he's really giving them a solution to the problem that they're suffering from, really giving value without any intention of doing things further. So I thought that was really, really great. Survey your customers. Attention grabber number two partner with your customers. So I thought that was awesome. He talks a lot about creating an ambassador network. So these are people who are advocating his business and what he does. People that are already involved in the business because their children are a part of his network, finding ways for them to be involved and for them to integrate themselves further into the business and creating this ambassador program I thought was awesome. Think about your business. You know, how could some of your advocates and people contribute to your business a lot, help to advocate even more for your business? I thought that was great advice. Attention grabber number three. Facebook adverts. So Seb walked us through a really cool way of creating a flow that works well for Facebook adverts. So starting off with signaling. So showing a video, getting the signal that people are interested in what you're doing, putting them into a segmented audience, and then using that audience to retarget, to remarket, to warming them up, educating them, teaching them about the business before thinking about converting them into an actual customer. So I thought that whole process was really, really insightful. And I hope that you can use some of it in your business. So that's it for this episode. Don't forget to check out my upcoming content creation Kickstarter workshop. You'll find the link in the show notes. Tickets are on sale now. Tune in next week for another awesome episode on The Vault. You've just been listening to The Vault Podcast with Stacey Keogh. If you've enjoyed the show, she'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes. And don't forget to head over to www.thevault.global for more free content that will help you build an effective marketing strategy.